My name is Logan Draper, and this is Modern Mad Men, episode number 31. Today was a blast. I got to do an over-the-phone podcast with Carlos Whitaker. He's the author of Moment Maker and his most recent book, Kill the Spider. Um, I'm, I'm going to read it now. I haven't read it yet, um, but I've watched a lot of his teaching sermons um, and, and kind of listened to other podcasts about it, and the, the premise of it is fascinating. Um, this podcast is completely worth it. He, he gave me some dad advice uh, talked about the future church and, and really talked about um, what it looks like to kill the spider. Listen to the podcast and find out what that means. Hello, it's Carlos. Hey, Carlos. It's Logan Draper. How are you? Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Did you remember? Fantastic. Do you remember who I was when I sent you a message? I did not. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's totally fair. No, I took one of your um, creative coaching classes. You did. I did, man. Bro, bro, that was that was. No wonder I didn't remember because what was that like a decade ago? It, it feels like it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been a amazing. while, man. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. So no, I appreciate your time. Just uh Oh, dude, absolutely, on a, on a man. Podcast. What are what What are you doing now? Uh, man, I'm still the same thing. I'm doing. Um, I'm a digital marketing director at an advertising agency, and I'm okay. also um, a pastor at a church. And so, oh, really? Okay, right on. Yeah, kind of doing, doing a little bit of both sides. So, I love, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. So cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. I figured you didn't know how it was. I was just really grateful that you hit me back. And uh, <laughs> always, always. Was, it's funny because, like, even on this podcast right now, I'm actually using some of the equipment that into that I had to buy for like DJ stuff. <laughs> so it just came full circle. I never learned how to DJ, but I started podcasting. That's amazing. That is so funny, dude. That is, I love that. I love that. Yeah, man. No, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful because I look up to you. Um, and I think one of the things I was actually just having lunch with somebody. And just to caveat this whole thing from the front end, yeah. Um, I have not read um, "Killed the Spider." Yeah. Um, but I have listened to your sermon a couple times. And okay, it was it. funny. I was just at lunch with a buddy and I was uh, quoting stuff that I had kind of gone through and read. And uh, we were just like sitting yeah. at a restaurant crying together. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Talking about like, man, because that, that you're just that whole premise of that book, man, is beautiful. And uh, thank you, man. And so, um, man, just tell tell me, like, where are you right now? Like, where are you at? In life? I am. I am. Well, I'm currently in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, it's where I live. And I've been here, oh man, I've, I guess I've been here since 2010, which is when I you know, signed my record deal and decided to leave the local church as far as staff-wise yep. and start doing stuff and, um, and moved to Nashville to pursue music and stuff. And then when I stopped doing music about four years ago, um, just stayed, man. We just love it. We have such a great community here and it's, the city's just filled with entrepreneurs and, and um you know, thinkers and dreamers, and it's just the perfect place to do what I, what I want to do. And I, I mean, I guess I still don't even know what I want to be when I grow up, but yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying the, I'm enjoying the season I'm in right now. So yeah, man. So we're still in Nashville, loving it. Cool. And so, um, you release, okay. So just to go back for people, so we have a whole different audience yeah. and, and I don't know if they've heard of you, but like you got your, was, would you call it like your claim to fame with yeah. the big video? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I used to do this thing 
this thing that anybody under 25 years old has never heard of called blogging, <laughs> where you would actually like, it's not vlogging with a V, it's blogging with a B. That's where I and found so, you. Yeah, well, there you go on the, on the blog. It was called Ragamuffin Soul. And I, um, man, like, like, you know, back in the day, you know, YouTube had just come out. Um, and so um, I was using it to really document my family's life. And, you know, I, and I guess I was actually vlogging before people called it that, you know, like, like I was, I was doc- just documenting my family's life every week and uploading YouTube videos all the time and um, had a blog. I mean, this was almost a decade ago now. So this was, let's see, my son's, well, I guess not, this is more like 2010. Yeah, it was 2010. Um, so eight years ago. And um, my, I was, I was recording my kids in the backseat of the car singing that Beyonce song, All the Single Ladies. And um, I thought it was really cute. So I pulled out my phone, started to record them singing. And I told my son halfway through the song that he, and at, at the time he was like three, that he is in fact not a single lady. Well, devastation ensued. He started crying. It was hilarious. Instead of sending that video to my mom, I decided to upload it to YouTube. And bro, that's when it happened. Like, like 24 hours later, like 7.2 million views later, we were on. We were getting flown around the country on every show. We won um, a, the People's Choice Award for Viral Video of the Year. Which like this wild. thing just kept. Yeah, it just kept going. I mean, like it was crazy. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of of. Um, of you know me being kind of thrust into this national spotlight for, for not for any skill set per se but for making my son cry which is even funnier yeah. um but but at the time obviously i was trying to get a message out there and um i so i i guess that that, that was a a definite you know marker on the journey uh towards where i am now so what's uh so you're blogging vlogging what's the transition for you like you're still such a good content creator um, what's that looked like, you know, transitioning from, I mean, obviously the medium's changed so much in a decade. Well, okay. So transitioning to what though? Yes. Yeah. So blogging, you're not blogging as much. Um, Absolutely. Well, uh, so and I, again, and this may answer some of your question. Um, I actually am blogging and I tell people this all the time because they're like, why'd you stop blogging? And I'm like, well, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm still blogging. I'm just doing it on Instagram. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm still writing, you know, like three paragraphs of content that I would have put on carloswhitaker.com. Now it's on Instagram because again, like you we need to be going to where the people are as opposed yep. to making the people come to where we are. Yep. So, um so th- so so yeah, so I guess I'm still creating content um but I'm just I'm, you know, I'm still of, of the um, mindset that we've got to, you know, keep using everything, trying everything and um and move your content around to where it ends up in front of the people. No, that's that's good, and that's kind of so. A lot of what we do in, in our industry is, um, you know, we're we're day traders of attention. You know, we're looking yeah. at where the people are, and I think the church is really bad at it in general. Um, but from a, even a business standpoint, like finding out where people are and investing the time and being there versus trying yeah. to drive them strictly back. You know, because back when you had the blog, like you could just drive people there, and they would go and they would consume. Um, oh yeah, but it's been an interesting kind of flip now that now you're like blogging on Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nobody's, you know, I mean, RSS readers, all those things that used to be the, the thing are no more, you know and so, you know, There's yeah. some people that still blog on natural WordPress websites and stuff like that. And, and that's fine. But that's, um, that, you know, that, that's almost like you're just, um, it's just, a, uh, it's like the old fashioned way to do things. And you're not necessarily doing that to build, 
um, some sort of, you know, some sort of fan base, you really have to do that again through stuff that you guys probably do all the time, but, but through emails and, you know, I mean, so, I mean, I, I use my emails probably as the, my email list as the, my number one starting point with everything, any project I'm launching, anything I'm going to do. Um, and then, you know, and then I'm going out to where people are just kind of lightly consuming, which I would call Instagram yeah. um, and Facebook and Twitter and, you know, th- those things that'll be there one day and then gone the next hour, um, you know, and so I, and then so those are almost like testing grounds for me um, to see what what really hitches. And then when I see something hits, then I'll, you know, great example was I Instagram something about a talk that I did on Sunday in New Jersey. And I met this old man um, and he kind of had this this you know, moment where he had this realization about spiders and cobwebs, the last thing that I wrote about in um, my last book, Kill the Spider. And so we had this moment. So I, I put it on Instagram and it, it, gosh, I mean, probably more likes than I've ever gotten on a post, more, you know, over 400 comments. And then so that told me, hey, this is something that is, could, could really do something. And so I took yeah. it from there, put it in an email, sent it out to my email list. Um, and, and then now I'm going to take it from there and use it to create some other content around it. I've already like reached out to the place that I spoke at to see if they could find him so I could do an interview with him. So I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm using Instagram and Twitter and Facebook to, to test things out. And then when I see something hit, then I'll definitely create, you know, bigger content around it. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you brought up the email list because it was probably, I don't know, it's been a, a month or two. I saw an email from you and I hadn't read one in a long time. Yeah. And um, I opened it and it was kind of some of the story um, of you, you and your wife um, yeah. and some of the stuff that had happened. And I didn't know about any of that. Yeah. And so I just started reading through it. Man, I got up and almost threw up. I mean, I was just so sick. <laughs> One, your your writing yeah. style is amazing, just how you're, yeah. you just captivate people. But and it was done really well from a marketing standpoint as well. Um, yeah. But man, like just reading through that is what got me to go back and be like, man, I used to follow him on Twitter. I've never followed him on Instagram. So oh, I jumped, wow. I jumped on. I was like, I, have, I don't even seen him. So I clicked on that. And that's when I saw the old guy. Um, and then I started yeah. going back and re- I mean, just that moment and that, that email hanging around, um, and it yeah. being written so well. And then immediately it was like, I got to get the book. Like, I got to know, like, yeah. why would you write a book called kill the spider? And yeah, I, a lot sure. of Christians are bad. Uh, good. I think it's funny. Um, like it trying to like tie things in, you know? So I just kind of, yep. I was like, maybe he's just trying to go somewhere, but man, this is one of the, uh, I think it's an amazing idea and it's, I think yeah. it's kind of revolutionary if you kind of want to like touch on like yeah. how you came up with the book title. Yeah. You know, um, man, that, when I started writing, I guess professionally, like five years ago, I, I wrote a book called moment maker and it was great at teaching people how to create, receive and rescue moments. And, you know, everyone wants to make moments in their life. And I loved it. It was, it was a good process. But what I found was that people, they would read that book and they're like, man, like I want to do this, but I can't because I'm stuck. I'm stuck at this. I'm, I'm stuck at this space in my life where I can't get past this certain sin issue or the certain thing in my life. And, you know, well, I, you know, I had been in that same space in life, you know, for the majority of my adult Christian life or, or my adult life period. Um, and the beautiful thing about kill the spider is it, uh, you know, it, it's going to relate to Christians or non-Christians, whoever, like, like the whole premise of it. Uh, really, really is going to relate to a broad spectrum of people. And so when, when, you know, I, our marriage kind of imploded, my marriage with my wife about 
oh man, I guess it was nine years ago now. Um, and through that, through that devastation, um, and through some healing that happened and marriage rec- reconciliation and things started happening and counseling happened, things were good. Things were getting better. My therapist told me, um, that I'm like 90% through therapy. He said, but you've got, you've got 10% more that you got to do. You got to figure out why you keep rubbing crap on your blessings is what he said. So I was trying to figure out what does that mean? Like, do I really do that? And sure enough, when I look back at my life, that's what I do. So I called my dad and my dad being just a wise man that he was, I told him, Hey dad, my therapist, Al told me that I rub crap on my blessings. Can you help me figure out why? And my dad said, Oh God, let me tell you a story. And so my dad, my, my dad's a, he's a retired pastor from the country of Panama. He started um, preaching when he was 17 years old. And That's crazy. Uh, he said, yeah, he said that his very first revival, he was preaching and he gave the invitation at the end. And he said, this, this old lady comes up to the front um, and Miss Ramirez was her name. And he, um, he said, well, how, you know, what can I do for you? How can I pray for you? And she said, could you please pray that the Lord would clean the cobwebs from my life? So my dad said, well, I was very poetic. So he, he prayed, Lord, clean the cobwebs from Miss Ramirez' life. And he said, night number two, Miss Ramirez comes forward again. And um, she asks him again to p- please pray harder this time that God would clean the cobwebs from her life. And so my dad said, well, it doesn't really work like praying harder, but sure, we'll keep going after it. Like, I'll pray again. So he prayed, clean the cobwebs from her life. And he said, um, the, the last night of the revival, Miss Amidas came forward one last time, the third night. And with tears in her eyes, said, Pastor, can you please one more time, just pray that the Lord would clean the cobwebs from my life. And my dad said that he told her no, that they've been praying the wrong prayer. Uh, that they're going to change the prayer, not to clean the cobwebs, but they're going to ask God to kill the spider that produces the cobwebs in her life. And, well, and the reason why he told me that was because he said, Carlos, I've watched you your entire life try to clean the cobwebs of, of this this thing you can't get past. You know, Christians would call that sin. Non-Christians would call that, you know, whatever bad habits. Right. Um, but but he's, he's watching my whole life just clean the cobwebs like I can't just do that. I have to get to the root of what it is. And then when I kill a spider, then the cobwebs will go away. Well, I've never heard anything so crystal clear make sense to me about my life. Like that is exactly what I've been doing. I've been just trying to kind of fix the the behaviors, right? Like like fix the bad behaviors in my life. And so I go on. I went on this journey um, to 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 do just that, you know. And at the time when my dad told me that story, I didn't have a a pretty definition with a, a bow wrapped around it. Um, on what a cobweb was or what a spider was. Now yeah. I obviously do because I ended up writing a book called Kill the Spider. And what, what I tell people is that a, um, a spider is an agreement you have made with a lie. And so that, that is what the spider is. So the book, the book is called Kill the Spider. So that's what we have to get to. We have to get to the agreement we've made with the lie. Now, the truth is that is not easy to do. Um, what we would much rather do is clean the cobwebs. We don't yeah. want to kill the spider. We don't want to get to the lie. We want to clean the cobwebs. So what is that? Cleaning the cobwebs is um, a cobweb I define as a medicator or a behavior, which they're both the same thing, that brings a sense of false comfort to that lie. So that's the cobweb, right? The cobweb is the medicating behavior that brings a false sense of comfort to the lie, and the lie is the spider. So what we do is we clean the cobwebs. So what are some medicating behaviors, right? So that could be alcohol. Um, that's That's a behavior a cobweb, a medicator that I've seen destroy so many people's lives. Yep. But the truth, the truth is, is that alcohol in and of itself is not the spider. I know, I know plenty of people that drink alcohol, 
and are not destroyed by it. That's because alcohol isn't a medicating behavior in their life. But what people that have a problem with alcohol tend to do, or we want them to do, is just to throw the alcohol away, lock up the alcohol the liquor cabinet, you know, all those things. Well, all that's doing is just like my dad said, Mr. Amidas was asking him to pray. That's just cleaning the cobwebs. What you have to do is to get to the lie that you've made an agreement to that is causing the behavior. So at some point there was pain and trauma in somebody's life. And that person made an agreement during that painful, traumatic moment. Um, that, and, and, and they made an agreement with a lie. And that lie could be a thousand things. Every lie is going to be different for every single person. So what, what that, that happens is they end up basing their behavior and they, they end up living their life based on this lie. So their behavior is medicating that lie. So the alcohol could do that. Another cobweb is like pornography or artificial yep. intimacy. So, you know, affairs or, or going online or looking at porn sites. Um, well, all that's doing again, that's just a medicating behavior. That's just bringing you comfort, false comfort to a lie you believe. Well, the easy thing to do is to put porn blockers on your phone to, yep. you know, um, to, to do all those things. And of course those are fine. Like th those will, those will help for a second, but the truth is that that's not fixing the problem. The problem isn't the porn. The problem is the lie you believe that's bringing you to the porn. So, yep. you know, th th those are some ugly, ugly cobwebs. I, I talk about some prettier cobwebs just so I can touch everybody that reads the book, you know, control. That's a big cobweb for people, people that like their T's, cross and their eyes dotted and they feel like if their money's in order and their their checks book is balanced um that they have a five-year plan and they've got all these goals see oh, th those are fine but when those those things that are controlling for you begin begin to medicate a sense of of um of gosh despair in your life well that's when control becomes a cobweb and you've got to figure out what is it you believe what's the lie you've made an agreement to to get, you know, that, that control is medicating or, you know, um, working out, you know, um, so, you know, there, there's working out's not a bad thing, but it becomes a bad thing when that is the medicating behavior that's allowing you to, um, to medicate some lie you believe about yourself. So again, I just giving you guys examples of, of cobwebs so that people understand the cobweb is never the problem. It's, it's, it's the lie you've made an agreement to that is producing those behaviors. So you've got to get to the lie and that lie is the spider. Hence the book, Kill the Spider. Man, that's it's that that phrase, like the first time I heard you say it, it like it's almost like an aha moment and almost just like a dumb yeah. moment. You're like, you know, I mean I was even telling that story at lunch today and it was just like kill the spider. And it's like, oh, yeah. of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's fun to reverse engineer that a little not maybe not fun, but it's like reverse engineering that like pornography is a big part of my life. Um, yeah. I mean it was a huge, huge thing for me, but it's interesting now. Um, that was something by the grace of God that changed for me years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't have to bring it to a marriage, but I look back and I'm like, well, did I kill the spider? Sure. You know, like Absolutely. I, I did I did clear some some areas. And so it's it's funny as I spent time last night thinking through this, I was like, man, my my one of my biggest spiders is that I believe I get my value from what I do. I get my worth yes. in my work. There you go. And man, just fighting through that, it's it's interesting to to see how much of my life I have cleared cobwebs, I've um, yes. Try to navigate, and and I've never really, you know, shut it down, and it's kind of terrifying. Absolutely, it, it is. You know, it it is terrifying. I, I I hope that people that read the book really get to this place of like, because I mean, the truth is, yeah, like so many people can, you can you can hustle your way out of a certain behavior. You yep. know, like at, at the end of the day, like you can, like you can read the books and listen to the podcasts and 
you know, go to therapy and do all the things to kind of hustle your way out of a behavior. But the truth is, is unless you find the root lie that is causing that behavior, that behavior is dangerously close to reappearing. And so, um, so even people that, that have, you know, not, you know, I've talked to so many people in my book signing line or people that have emailed me that have said, you know, I haven't, I haven't had a drink of alcohol in 20 years, but I'm always petrified and mortified that it's going to happen because I still feel a little bit out of control. Like, man, like if I'm in the wrong situation, is this going to happen? Well, when I read your book, suddenly I'm like, I found the lie. I made an agreement to you that's causing me to be scared. And when I broke, when I killed the spider, when I broke the agreement with that lie, well, now I'm not scared anymore. Now, now, see, at that point, now, you know, you don't have to worry about hustling your way out of a bad behavior because you're, you're, only, you're never going to truly be able to hustle your way out of a behavior. It's always going to be um, breaking that agreement. And, you know, so, you know, also Kill the Spider kind of secretly takes people into this space of spiritual warfare. Like, you know, like I would never title my book, like, How to Fight the Devil with spiritual warfare you know like like that no one no one's gonna you know because that's just it's hokey to some people it's like people have like abused that all that thing but at the same time that is what we're doing and at the same time that is what i teach people just in a through through a analogy uh through this tale um through this metaphor of killing a spider and not cleaning the cobwebs and at the end of the day that's that is what we're doing we're we're doing you know true warfare um and that's where that's what so many people miss is like we do we roll up our sleeves and hustle our way halfway out of freedom but we're never truly free. Uh, and then once you find that lie and once you break it, um, man, that's where freedom's going to be found. Man, halfway out of freedom. That's a rough yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, here, here's the deal. Like, uh, and you've mentioned that, that you, li- you listened to my talk. Um, I, I do this, I do this thing at the end of my kill the spider message, which is really going to be a lot of the crux of my next book. Um, cause I don't necessarily talk about it in my, in kill the spider, but I talk about how, how I feel like so many people, are, are not experiencing the fullness of what God has for them. And so most Christians uh, read a, a scripture like uh, first, let's see, uh, let's see what's a, maybe now John 10, 10, a thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. Mm. Now, what most Christians do is instead of letting that, that entire scripture play out, I feel like we put a period after the word life. So the scripture now reads to most Christians, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life. Because I think most Christians think, hey, if I just become a Christian, that means I get eternal life. And one day I'm going to get to go to heaven where life's going to be abundant and awesome. And we put a period right there. But the truth yeah. is there's more. There's more than just life. So what, what, what's, what's more? Well, it's, it says that I have come that I, they may have life and have it in abundance. Yep. And Man, I'm telling you what, I, I just feel like so many Christians are living that scripture with a period after the word life and forget about this whole abundance thing that God's talking about, you know? And so, you know, I, I um, at the end of my, my talk, I, I show a picture of that I took of the sky in auto mode. Now, if anyone's a photographer and if you were to take a camera at nighttime and try to take a picture of the stars, okay, the millions of stars that are in the sky, you if you put it in auto mode, if there's a million stars in the sky, you may end up catching nine of those stars in the photo because in auto mode, the shutter speed's too fast. The ISO is not set right. Like you're not going to get the abundance that is that is available for you. But when you switch the camera to manual mode, well, people don't do that because they don't know how to use the camera. 
But the truth is the, is the only way to get the abundance, to capture the abundance of the stars is to take it off of auto mode and go into manual mode. And what happens to people? Well, people are scared of doing it because they don't know how. It's gonna it's a learning curve. They're going to screw up. The reason why we're in auto mode is because we know we're going to get a picture. It's easy. Yep. And I feel like auto mode is I have come that they may have life, period. But I feel like manual mode is I've come that they may have life and have it in abundance. Because what happens is now you've got to take the ISO and crank the ISO up from 100 to 12,000. Then you've got to take the shutter speed and slow it down from 130 to a second to 30 seconds. Then you've got to take the aperture and move it from 7.5 to 1.2. Then you've got to put it on, tri or on a tripod. Then you have to, there's all these steps that it takes in order to, to step into abundance. And we become so lazy in our faith that I don't, I don't even think we know what's available. But then what happens yep. is when you finally take that picture after you, you set up your manual mode and you see the abundance of the stars in the picture, I literally, when I show those two, the two different images, auto mode and manual mode at the end of my message, in every every stage, every room I go to, there's a literal gasp in the room because I feel like people realize when I'm done that they've been living their entire life looking at nine stars when they have the entire abundance of stars at their fingertips, but they just haven't stepped into abundance. And so um, that that's what I'm talking about, only finding halfway to freedom. Like like we, 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 we think that some for some reason Jesus died on a cross so that we can cope, but that's not true. <laughs> like, yeah, or like, for eternal he, life. He, yeah, man, he, he didn't he didn't die on a cross so we can cope our way through through yeah. here and just have eternal life. No, man, like he died on a cross so we can find true freedom and abundance and peace and all of these things that I feel like we miss when we don't kill the spider. Yeah, that's good. Uh, kind of a question, kind of that goes off that. Like for a lot of your life, you know, you talked about being a part of a church plant, church staff. You know, uh, leadership wise, um, is that is that a pretty lonely place for you, or are you, have you had a pretty good community around you? Um, I've had a pretty good community around me. I, I mean, I've made sure now that I'm kind of in this entrepreneur author land, and I've been, I mean, I've been here for gosh a decade now um, since I left the local church at North Point. Uh, I guess I left there in August, so eight years. Um, I, I I've had to find I've had to find like more for me. What I missed was like that working community. So you know, I've had to meet. I have great friends in Nashville. Like I, we we we're, we've been a part of two great churches here. Um, we're in a different church now, but the, the church community has always been solid for me. It's been like what I've missed most is honestly, it's like working with people and meetings and those things that you never think you would miss when you leave work. Now the grass is always greener. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. um, so, you know, so I, I definitely make sure that I'm, I'm involved in a couple of different kind of retainers with different organizations. So like I, I work pretty closely with, uh, orange and, and rethink leadership down in Atlanta. Um, so like I'm down there a lot. I actually work a lot with my my church here um, and the staff there. And um, so, you know, it's not as lonely as it could be. Um, but I definitely have found, you know, certain seasons and months where I'm like, man, I'm I'm kind of missing people and missing that community. Uh, but I would say that would be the only community I'm missing. The the rest of it, I've got plenty. Yeah, I've been blessed, man. Uh, we have an amazing community around us, my wife and I. And um, I think leadership can be lonely, you know, uh, yeah. everybody goes home, you're still there and, yeah. uh, having good community, uh, is important. My question for you, and I've been excited about this question. So this month, well, I guess in August, I'm going to have my first kid and yeah. Oh, really? awesome, dude. yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, my family's only ever had, uh, boys and we're okay. having, we're having the first Draper girl Nice. and I could not be more excited. So that is awesome. what, like, give me. 
what's your best dad advice? And if you can get oh, specific man. to like dad to a girl, man, like I, I will take it. Yeah, man. I mean, gosh, I, the one thing that I will always do is give, give advice to parents, but I'll never claim expertise in any way, shape or form. Listen, my kids are 16, 14 and 12, and there's still plenty of room and time for them to end up on live PD. So the last thing I want to do is it's like be that dad, right? That's like oh, it's too early to celebrate. Then, yeah, but but I definitely have found, you know, I mean, I I'd say the biggest thing, you know, especially with, you know, our generation and your generation is a little younger than mine, but I mean, we 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 are we are just speeding up nonstop. Like the the pace of life has gotten so fast, and here's the thing: you can always speed up and accelerate the pace at which your child grows up you can you can you can speed up their childhood by you know giving them giving them technology really early you know they can start doing more more and more things early because they they it feels like 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 life is asking you to do that but i would say you can one thing you can't do once you speed it up you can't rewind it and Mm so just to slow down man you know put the phone, put technology away and spend face-to-face time with your, your kids is the, is the biggest thing any parent can do. And it's, you know, speaking with girls too, as well. I mean, they, they're, they're gonna need a dad who, um, you know, or if they're someone listening, who's a single mom, you know, they're gonna need a, a father figure or yeah. a male role model in their life that, that, that is a steady, slow, steady version, you know, for, for them again, like, the, the the pace of life and the speed at which we live is so fast that uh, I what what ends up happening is I hear parents all the time say, "Man, time is just flown by." Like the, the my child's um, my kid's childhood has flown by, and it's like actually no, like we're actually the ones that have flown by their childhood. Like mm. you got to realize that you are in control of the pace of your life, and so if you can slow it down, um, that I that that's 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 kind of going to be my my big thing, my big push to parents is slow things down um, and, and really enjoy every single moment. I mean, my first book was called Moment Maker, really based on my family's life and how to create, receive, and rescue moments. And what does it look like to do that every day with your family? Um, and so, you know, on, honestly, I'm actually the host of a, of a podcast for this organization called the Parent Q Podcast. And man, we've got some of the most incredible conversations with experts, parenting experts on there. So if your listeners want to pop over there and even if you, if you want to download that podcast, there's some really, really incredible dads um, and mothers who um, uh, really, you know, lean, loan their wisdom out to us uh, every single week when we put out a podcast. So, I love that, man, because it's been um, a little bit disheartening the last few months to hear how many people, and we have great people around us, and these people have been encouraging, but here's how, how many people have said, like, your life's over. You know, oh, sure, um, yeah. And the countdown <laughs> clock to eighteen, like hey, you say bye to sleep, yeah. you know, say bye to oh, gosh, your friends, no. life's over. And it's been cool to have some some good people around. It's like, yeah, your life is over if you let it. Um this, yeah. for a lot of people, this is where life can begin and grow and flourish. Oh, it is. And, oh and my so. I can't even like in you know, Heather and I try to think all the time of what we did with our lives when we didn't have kids. Like yeah. you know, like how boring was life? You know, like and then all of a sudden now it's it's just dude, it's 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 going to be beautiful. You're going to love it. And, and you say it's a little girl. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, honestly, that's even better. So, we've been, we've been auditing um, our time and it's been um, interesting to be like, man, this is uh we really do yeah. have a lot of wasted time. You know, I'm, maybe I'm going to yeah. watch one less uh, episode of last chance you, 
um, a yeah, day. There you go. But man, there you it's, go. yeah, it's been. Um, and you can still watch it. You just you're just gonna watch it with the baby drooling on you. So <laughs> yeah, you know. No, we're excited. This is my final question for you, man, and I, I greatly appreciate your time. So yeah, a big thing for us, like I said earlier, for you know, on the marketing side for us or just business, like we're always looking at the future. Um, yeah, always trying to figure out like what's next, and and we've learned we 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 aren't we can't be prophetic. Uh, we don't know, but trends can help us get there. But like, what's your future prediction? Um, you can get into social media as well, but like for the church, like do, do you see yeah. something in the next five to ten years, fifteen years that's going to be uh, radically different? You know, I, I mean, again, who knows? I, I travel enough, and I, I I go to enough churches where I am seeing a pendulum swing back to simplicity. I'm seeing a, the pendulum swing from go 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 to slow, slow, slow. And again, this is, you'll hear this theme. Obviously you've heard this theme in a lot of what I've talked about already, even parenting, even the church. You know, I believe that, that the church is, I I would say like the, the church from the two thousands that was really there to bring people in, entertain them, all the lights and the haze and, you know, all, all that stuff. Like sure. Technology will continue to advance, but people are no longer, going to look for their uh for the church to like woo them in with some sort of show and i think that that people are just so desperate for authenticity they're desperate for the truth of who jesus is that i think that i'm watching the church begin to swing back i'm watching you know churches who their stick used to be cover songs on a sunday that would um help the sermon be more effective right oh well the pastor's preaching about this let's find a song that's popular on the radio like that stuff's over. You know, I, I mean, yeah. if your church does that, that's fine. If, if you're listening to this, I mean, I think, I think it can work even for a little bit longer, but I just think that people are done with that. Like, I, I, I think that we, we have, we really um, nursed and babied the, the new um, first time guest in a way that they're like, you don't have to do that for me. Like I'm here. I've, I've stepped foot into a church. Yeah. That, that should tell you all in and of itself that you don't have to baby me. Like I'm here because I know that I'm going to be um, maybe something's going to be offensive in to what you say to me. Like, so it's okay to um, I think challenge and to go deeper. You know, I, I just feel like the church is going to move away from the show and move more into a, to a season of discipleship and a season of, of like slow growth, you know, like it's okay to, you know, for things to be slow. I mean, we just live in a, culture where everything's got to be fast. Everything's fast. Everything's fast. Well, you know, I, I can't go outside to my wife's garden, put a seed in the ground and, and hope that tomorrow I get a cantaloupe. Like it's going to take a, an entire season. And so I think that people are, the church is going to start stepping back into this slower thing. I'm watching even it with my kids, you know, they, their generation, middle schoolers and high schoolers, like even though they're addicted to their phones, they hate it. They hate that, that the only way they can be in contact with with other people yep. is through this device. They actually don't like that. Like my, my, my daughters do not like that. They, it's so funny they they've been watching friends on Netflix. Right. And so um, they, which is just weird to me that my kids, you know, watch the show that, you know, I tell them, you know how long it took me to watch the entire, you know, all the seasons of friends. It was 10 years. It's taken you 10 months or 10 days. You know? And so yeah, but yeah. the reason why, the reason why they, they love the show so much, they told me is because, they're like, dad, they didn't have phones. Like they were just hanging out all the time, like face to face. Like that's not our reality anymore. And so th- there's this like nostalgic feeling for the, um, for this next generation rising up 
to to have that again. And I honestly believe they're going to be the ones that bring that back. I would not be surprised if if we start seeing you know a radical shift in you know all of the technology that we're using to all that technology starting to get simpler again to where not that it ever won't exist but it's going to feel a lot more like it did i believe in the 60s and the 70s that sort of face-to-face evangelism uh than any sort of smartphone evangelism or church online could ever could ever bring i mean that's good it's it's something that probably five years ago i didn't believe i thought that yeah. the, the church would just be you just watch podcasts and yeah. hang out at home, and it's been it's been kind of interesting to watch in our community. Um, we we're, we always say we're unlearning. Um, yep. You know, like discipleship, life on life, life in community, life on mission, like being together. Uh, but there's yeah. still that thing in the back of your brain that's like, okay, are we appeasing the first time uh, the person walking in? Like, is this you know, are these jeans tight enough? Like, are are, yep. you know, are we are we doing this right? And so it's it's fun to watch people grow out of that and say, you know, like, how are we going to mature people to follow Jesus in everyday life? Um, yep. Then we got to live it. And so, and that's Absolutely, that's one of the yeah. reasons that I I still work a full time job is like I think that it's important for me in the season I'm in to be like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and model it in the everyday. I love that. And yeah. not just not just go and 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 I, and I get to teach and I'm grateful for for what they allow me to do. But I love getting to be in the everyday with people and just be like, yes. Jesus changed my life. This is what it looks like, and I think it's a different level of kind of intimacy. Yeah, you know, I honestly believe that 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 is um, um, that's going to be something else that we're going to start seeing in the future. I think we're we're going to start seeing a lot more bivocationalism mm. um, in the church. We're going to start seeing a lot more people that are, you know, um, I have a friend of mine who was a um, he was in Scotland as like at a, as a priest, and so when he first went there. He knocked on the door of the church he got a job at, and um, it was a small church in a tiny little village um, in Scotland, and he was kind of like an associate minister there. And so when he met the minister, he said, um, hey, I'm reporting for work. Where's my office? And the reverend looked at him like, what do you mean, where's your office? He said, well, where's my office? Like, where I'm going to write my messages. And he walked him outside to the street, to Main Street, and pointed down, and he said, that's your office. Now go walk. You know, and that 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 role of see, of starting to see you know pastors and church staff not necessarily cooped up in boxes to create a sunday service but back out in the community doing ministry 7 days a week as opposed to one i think is where we're going to start seeing yeah and that, that's an that's encouraging to me you know i yeah i think that that mindset of like hey let's invite them here let's uh yeah. let's try to get them to this place so they can find jesus we're realizing like if we really know we have access to the holy spirit like yeah taking it to them and walking with people. And I think you can't be trained and equipped in rows. I think it's going to happen in, totally. in every day. Like, here's how you wash dishes. Like, here's how you pray. Like, it, that's how it's going to have to happen. And so um, it's fun, man. I, I think that a lot of people hate on the millennials. And I, and I think that it's just going to be a, a generation who's going to fight uh, yes. to do something different. Um, and so yes. I have to catch Perfect. myself not being a hater. I know. I know. No, man, I'm a big believer in, in the rising generation. I'm going to, I can't wait to serve underneath them. I can't wait to 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 see what they do, and um, I believe it's going to be a, a callback to Godspeed to three miles an hour to slow it down. That's good, man. And man, one appreciate your time. Uh, but one of the things, man, I want to encourage you in, like your authenticity. Um, obviously, I don't know you, and you seem to have a good community around you. But man, I, I appreciate just through the years you putting out real content, the good, the bad, the ugly, and just glorifying Jesus and and celebrating what He's done in you. Um, and in even your failures, just allowing Jesus to be Jesus 
um, and, and provide that freedom. So, man, I, I thank you um, for your investment in me, um, even though you didn't remember me. Um, <laughs> it's fine, awesome. man. I'm a pretty now. Now guy. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go look at all my old emails and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, because I because I, I would take notes on all you guys. So that's, I'm sure I got it somewhere. Yeah, it's gonna I'll, be. Probably I'll, just, a I'll put it on blast. That, that'll probably be a nightmare. No, man, I, I appreciate your time, and, and I look forward to um, getting more people to read this book, and uh, yeah, I look man. forward to the next one. All right, buddy. Hey, man, have a good day.